Hi, I'm Alina. And I'm Melissa. Welcome to episode two of Out on a Limb. Today we are talking with Brittany about a broad overview of prosthetics and orthotics. Hope you enjoy! Hi Brittany, how are you doing today? I'm good. Why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about like your background, how you got into this field, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so my name is Brittany and um, I am a certified orthotist prosthetist. I graduated with a master's in orthotics and prosthetics back in 2015 and I've been working as a practitioner in the field for the past five years. Nice. So one of the reasons we kind of started this podcast is because as you probably know we get a lot of questions once people ask us what we do of either blank stares or what is that? (laughs) Um, So what do you tell people when they ask like what is orthotics and prosthetics? Yeah so I definitely get this question a lot usually from when I'm talking to friends or family about um, my occupation what I do and things like that so what I tend to tell them is that orthotics um, covers limbs or parts of the body that don't work properly. We use a brace um, over that part of the body to help it function better, whereas prosthetics is for a patient who actually lost a limb, and we use a device to replace that limb. Very cool. I also get the question a lot if we do... like prosthetics for like hip replacements, knee replacements. Right. All the time. Do you guys get those? Yeah, like the internal. Yeah. 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 People <laughs> will confuse us with that and we'll talk about it later. But yeah, they'll think we're like doctors or they'll kind of misunderstand our. Kind of what we do. Yeah, like our title, I guess, is the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. They don't they, always know. They know what prosthetics are because yeah. they see it on TV all the time. Yeah. But I think. I still think it's getting more publicity now, but I still think a lot of people's initial reaction when you say prosthetics, they think of, oh, a prosthetic hip or, yeah, you yeah. know, a total knee replacement. Yeah. And yeah. I say, that's a different type of prosthetic. <laughs> and I say, we do more the exterior <laughs> do not um, li- replacing of limbs, basically, after an amputation. Yeah. 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 I always like to say, if you're bleeding, we did something wrong. Yes. Right. <laughs> you should leave and go We're see not a doctor. Ourselves, yeah. I ask that all the time too. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys actually amputate? No. no. Doctors do no. that. Surgeons do that. Yes. <laughs> we see them after, if need be. Yeah. And orthotics is usually just kind of. It's very confusing to people, and usually gets brushed on the under the rug. Because I don't know of yeah. really any publicity for orthotics as a whole. There's yeah, it's much. just not. No, it's not very commonly known. Yeah, yeah. I tend to just, I try to oversimplify it. Mm-hmm. So I've had that conversation way too many times. Yes, <laughs> and yeah. I'm always like prosthetics, like fake arms, fake legs, and orthotics is just any kind of brace, head to toe, you can think of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very yeah. true. Literally yeah. head to toe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Keep it just simple. Any brace you can think of, and usually people just go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Let's move on now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So I think it's interesting. The reason we get this question all the time is because the history is a little bit, um, I don't know, not well known or well established, I guess. Um, it's, it's been around forever. I mean, there's evidence that prosthetics existed all the way as far back as 2500 BC when they were finding, uh, prosthetic 
was it toes, toes. on mummies yeah. that they were digging up. Um, so it's it's been around for a very long time, but um, it wasn't until more recently that we've become more established as a field. Right. Right. Yeah. So a lot of companies, at least in the Americas, a lot of what we're going to be talking about is just in the United States. A lot of other countries do things differently. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, the United States itself is kind of a young country compared to some other ones. Um, so just for like the Americas, a lot of the OMP companies came as a result of the Civil War. Um, so, and a lot of those people who started those companies were actually individuals that had amputations themselves right. or had orthotics themselves and realized ways to kind of fix it. You know, it was hurting anything, so they would start messing with it, find out what works for them. Yep. Yeah. Open up their yeah. own, like, mom and pop shop. Like a trade or a... Yeah. 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 So yeah, and then it was just passed down, you know, kind mm-hmm. of grandfathered mm-hmm. in of you know, dads teaching their sons how to do it. And then yeah. that continues down the line um, rather than any sort of formal education or, or like governing body. It's hard to describe. Yeah. And that didn't even start until um, World War One, And that only existed because they were expecting a lot of injuries and amputations and things to kind of come from the war. So they created the Artificial limb, yeah, that embrace association, album, long name, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Later turned into what we call AOPA, Mm -hmm. which is American Orthotics and Prosthetics Association. Um, You heard Kate talk about this last episode a little bit, so that right, yeah, just to give you like an understanding of what it kind of does, and that it still exists now as like our kind of guide, Yeah. yeah. And looks and all of that. But because the Artificial Limb Manufacturers Embrace Association existed, it kind of put us on the map, in a sense, as a field and as something that is necessary and essential for people. And it was at that moment when I think, well, I don't know because I don't know them personally, but people started (laughs) viewing themselves as professionals caring for individuals rather than it just solely being a trade yeah we then kind of that was the introduction of our profession in the medical field yeah yeah to 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 form a baseline and some guidelines Mm -hmm. on on what we do and Mm -hmm. how we do it how do we distribute that information to all of the other companies that already exist try to create some rules yeah Yeah. of like rules what to follow baseline of education for Mm -hmm. everyone how are we going to start even like even with insurance like how are we going to get insurance companies to pay for these things Correct. how are we going to get the government to view us yeah it's yeah. very important <laughs> yeah and big deal and it wasn't until 1948 which really wasn't that long ago that the american board for certification in orthotics and prosthetics set like minimum standards for that everyone had to follow for education and experience um so up until this point, it was still considered, like, a trade. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was 1948. They set, set like, hard rules mm-hmm. of, like, you need this education right. to be able to, to work in this field. Um, and then it eventually came into a bachelor's program, which has now been pretty much phased out, ended in, what, 2013? 
Well, the, after the bachelor's, there was the certificate. Certificate program. There, there was some bachelor's and certificate programs at the same time. The bachelor's programs, I don't know that there may still be some out there. I'm not positive on that one. I think um, they're, like, combined now. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's not, like, a solely. It, the, the biggest was that it turned into a certificate program, which was basically um, two two different programs, one for orthotics, one for prosthetics, and they were each six months. So you could take both. You could take just one and become certified in only one discipline. Um, but as of 2013, the certificate program no longer existed. They got rid of it. And now a master's degree is required. Um, and that is a full two-year degree. And it's a combined degree in both orthotics and prosthetics. Um, so you don't Everybody who gets education in O&P now or orthotics and prosthetics um, gets it in both disciplines. And once that's done, you then complete a residency, um, similar to a doctor in the medical field. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have options for this as well. You can either do an 18-month residency that combines both orthotic and prosthetics, or you can do two separate one-year residencies, um, one year in each discipline. Once your residency is over, you're not done yet. (laughs) You then have to take um, a total of three board exams for each discipline. So put that all together and you've got six board exams to be able to finally call yourself a certified orthotist prosthetist. (laughs) Well, now they have, because they're offering that 18-month residency, Mm -hmm. You can also now take a combined one of the exams combined for true. Yeah. So you could do five board exams Vance. instead yeah. of six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that got brought up too. I don't know how PTs work, but I think some people and like there is one program where you take your exams like before your residency or like during your residency. It's not after your schooling. So far out of your schooling, schooling. I think that yeah. was one of the things that got brought up. Is like. You had to, you had essentially had to take a year off after your schooling doing like clinical work and then go back into taking academic exams. And so they were trying to make it less confusing or like just easier transition because essentially the students now can also take that combined right after they graduate. Yeah. So they can take that one exam right after they graduate Mm -hmm. and then take the other four after the residency once they get more of that clinical experience right so it just makes it a little bit easier but also you know all those changes and multiple changes in the residency and the exams and everything really only all happened since the master's program in 2013 started in 2013 so things in this field change very quickly yes (laughs) they're constantly changing and um it's progressed from you know certificate to a master's and who knows maybe one day there will be a doctorate program out there but there currently is not so master's Mm -hmm. is basically the the top of the line as far as uh, education (laughs) in our field um but we do get a lot of patients because we're in the medical field that come in and um they like to or they believe that we're doctors and they will call you doctor uh but i always have to (laughs) kindly remind them that although i appreciate the title uh i am not Not Uh, we (laughs) yeah we're considered clinicians or practitioners um because we don't have that doctor degree but it is nice um to know that that we are progressing in the medical field and being more recognized and you know we're not just a trade anymore we're definitely um, well educated in the in the medical field 
Um, and there's even been some talk about getting more push for us, our documentation yeah, for insurance companies yeah. to be recognized. Because that's a whole nother topic that I'm sure we will digress yeah. at another, um, another podcast. <laughs> but um, currently, our medical notes don't really give us much as far as right. insurance coverage. We have to get everything from an actual doctor. So mm-hmm. that makes things a little difficult sometimes. Um, but just... The point I wanted to make with us not being doctors is that we actually do need a prescription from a doctor in order to even see a patient. So sometimes we'll get patients that call or walk in the door and they say, hey, I need a brace for my ankle. And if they don't have a prescription, um, unfortunately, we cannot see them and we have we do have to send them back to their doctor Mm -hmm. to actually get a formal prescription written up um, because we ourselves can't prescribe a brace. Yeah. I think that also comes from. You know, back when it was a trade, we kind of took all the materials and what we used and how we changed it from other fields. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even now, some of the materials and, you know, machinery and stuff that we use is from, like, aerospace, you know, right. engineers and from all this stuff. And so it's finally, instead of just pulling our materials and our theories and everything from a little bit from every all, every field, it's also we're now looking at you know, doctor programs, PT programs mm-hmm. also, and trying to also match our education, trying to match. Exactly yeah. And yeah. Kind of bring us up to that level. Right. It's just like a different approach to the education because even the way our exams are done, the way we're being taught, um, it's more academic based. I want to say like you don't spend as much time in a lab tinkering with things, making things, um, Because that's, like, a lot of the braces and the things that we can provide, technically we can make. Obviously, a lot of those things have been streamlined. Well, maybe not obviously to you, but to us. (laughs) A lot of those things have been streamlined. Um, And we have, like, manufacturers and people who make them. But that was a big change, I feel like, when we went. And I think that's a really good point as far as why – because it's always been, you know – dumbfounding to me almost that we weren't part of the medical field or why but yeah. I think that a big reason is because we were in labs you know we're mm-hmm. building things we're yeah. using hammers right. we're using drills we're using right. tools and you don't think of that necessarily as mm-hmm. being a medical field or part of the medical field um yeah. even though we're providing braces and seeing yeah. patients yeah. a lot of what we do is very hands-on which is very unique um yeah. you're not going to go to a doctorate program and be sitting in a lab with a hammer and metal and right. leather making right. things. Um, but the, the way the education has changed. So with the certificate program, it was a lot of those technical courses where most of it was lab work mm-hmm. yeah. um, and fitting patients. Whereas now what they've changed with the master's degree is we're getting a lot more of that education in, you know, gate biomechanics, right. uh, research and, yeah. and why learning. we're making these braces and right. why they work. Right. So we're getting can... both how to do it, mm-hmm. but also now more of that background of why yeah. we're doing it. Um, and I think it's overall making us much better yeah. clinicians and in our field, yeah. much more advanced than it ever used For to be. Sure. And it hopefully will kind of like when you brought up the notes and things like that, being able to contribute to the conversations with doctors, with physical therapists, like the people in the healthcare field, even insurance companies, just being able to kind of really hone in on why you're doing something. Yeah. And um, yeah, just spending a lot and less time. That, that reasoning behind mm-hmm. it too. Yeah. Like, well, More no. time with the patient, less yeah. time in the back. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. One thing that I do think is a little different in our field though, that I've just noticed is we're also a lot less 
formal than a lot of doctor's offices. Like, all of us go, you know, with our patients, we tell them, call us by our first name. Yeah. We're not, yeah. you know, yeah. clinician last name or practitioner yeah. last name. Yeah. Like, a doctor is most of the time. Mm-hmm. That's true. We tend to also be a little bit more laid back and a little bit more That's true. casual. A lot of people that yeah. I know in the field still say, like, oh, just call me Alyssa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We try yeah. to make that more comfortable environment for them. And yeah. especially, I think for me, that's um, important to establish that with my patients because I work a lot with kids. Yeah. And I know a yeah. lot of kids that come in, you know, right around the time that they have to go get vaccines or mm-hmm. shots at the doctor's mm-hmm. office. Yeah. And they're terrified to even walk in the door because to them it just looks it feels like and feels like a doctor's yeah. office. So I try my best to keep the office kid friendly and to keep that relationship more comfortable and casual so that these kids aren't nervous. And to that extent, the parents become very comfortable that, you know, once their kids kind of settle down and feel calm. Um, So I think that it's really important to, to do that when it's necessary, but Mm -hmm. also remain professional when you need to. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There's a line. line. Yes, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Um, So, you mentioned that you see a lot of kids. Yeah. Uh, and I know, Alina, you used to see a lot of kids, and now you're seeing a lot of adults. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have a little bit of best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> best, yes. <laughs> um, so kind of what what drives this field and change, and then mm-hmm. also what are the differences with that that you see with kids versus adults? Oh, well. I guess what drives the field, <laughs> we'll break it up. Multi- There's a question. few things. Yeah, I mean, I think... Loaded question. <laughs> yeah, put me on the spot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think what drives the field, and like we said before, is like war is an obvious one. Without war, which that sounds really bad, but without war, it kind of helped put us on the map and kind of established our need. And then... I also feel like wars help bring about new technology, too. Yeah, that's because true. Yeah. Obviously, the VA does a lot of research for all the new mm-hmm. prosthetics that are coming out, all yeah. these, you know, high-end things that you're now seeing in the movies and stuff. So it's, yeah, obviously war is never a good thing. But just having those bodies and those patients advocating for themselves of, like, no, we need something better, better. Mm-hmm. right? And yeah. having the funding to back it up. It yeah. really drives our field that, forward because then it just eventually benefits it's just everybody, everyone. not yeah. just the individuals in the cert, like right. military. Because at this yeah. point, any new technology, I, I always feel so bad because I'll get patients that walk in the door and say, oh, I saw this really cool yeah. thing online yeah. and I want one. And we have to tell them, unfortunately, insurances are not covering that because mm-hmm. whether it's still kind of experimental or it's just there's no codes to be able to bill right. for it. Right. Um, but almost always those new, fun, exciting things are being covered at the VA. So, yeah. And that's because they have the funding to for things that are a little bit more experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, but it allows it to become less experimental and more mainstream yeah. and eventually come our way. Because they're the ones doing the experiment. Yeah, and right. then eventually yeah. we're able to kind of provide those things yeah. for... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, wars definitely play a huge role. And then I think another one would be just, like, certain diagnoses or diseases. So, like, polio. Polio was a big one for a while. There are still polio clinics that exist. And, like, people who specialize or see a lot of polio or post-polio patients. Mm -hmm. Post-polio patients, yeah. Diabetes. um, 
That's a big one. That's a big one, and that one especially just because we see them in a lot of different stages. Um, They're one of the diagnoses that we do see in orthotics and prosthetics. Yeah, right? yeah, sort of depending on their how they progress and what happens. But, yeah, we do see a lot of those things. And then what was your other question? Oh, kids. Yeah, different The kids side. Kids. Yeah, there are a lot of diagnoses and stuff that – I think are pretty common in the kids side too I guess depending on what pediatric or like what pediatric like clinic or patients you see yeah. yeah so it's like um cerebral palsy spina bifida um I don't know this is the only two are, that can come up you know, yeah birth defects yeah birth defects can't really yeah get there's away quite from that. a few <laughs> yeah. different Some, you know, sometimes it just things. happens mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> But the differences, I think, between the adults and the kids is personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of an adjustment. Yeah. Um, adults can talk back, which <laughs> <laughs> took me some time to get used to. And honestly, the devices, too. Um, a lot of the times with adults, and like we mentioned before, is things have become more streamlined in the things that we provide. And with adults, we provide a lot of things that manufacturers have created and have made really, really well so that there's like not one size fits all. Like our job is to fit it to that individual, but can accommodate many different many sizes people. and yeah. many different people. One brace can be custom fit to many yeah, different. Yeah, custom fit versus custom fab. custom fit yeah we try and make it and that's part of our job is even though it was made by another company we will still provide it and like fit it and shape it yeah make sure they're comfortable yeah essentially and kiddos a lot of the times they get more of the stuff that are made personally for them nobody else can wear it it's not sized or anything you you, you're casting that individual making a brace for that individual yeah yeah. And then going off of that, um, I think the reason or part of what people don't know is what we even provide, you know, yeah, what yeah. we do right. from a day to day. But what are the braces that we provide? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as we mentioned before, it's literally everything from head to toe. So right. um, orthotics wise, you know, I I specialize in seeing babies with plagiocephaly and providing them with helmets that actually can help reshape their heads, which is really cool. I'll talk to you guys all about that in another yeah. podcast. Um, <laughs> Later. Um, but more common devices would be, you know, for something for the back. If someone has, you know, post-operatively or they have back pain, we can give them a back brace. Mm-hmm. And then we can do upper and lower extremity. So wrist braces, cam boots. If you have a fracture, that's that big black boot that people have to walk around with. Um, so all sorts of things. The, as we talked about, there's the difference between custom and off the shelf. Um, so custom would be a brace that we have to ca- actually hand cast a patient for. Um, and then we, you know, heat up plastic and pull it over the, the positive molds and actually create the brace from raw materials ourselves. Whereas off the shelf is something that a manufacturer has made, but then we have to go and heat mold it or trim it or, you know, shape it, shape it, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to custom fit the patient. Um, 
And so those are kind of the two broad categories. Um, and then as far as what we're treating, it can be anything from fractures to post-operative mm-hmm. um, or like we've talked about, the chronic diagnoses that are more long-term bracing. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I also see patients that I walk in the room and I'm like, okay, like tell me a little bit about what's going on. And they're mm-hmm. like, they don't know yet. I'm just having pain. So they sent me to get a brace to try and reduce some of that pain until they can figure right. out what's yeah. going right. on. Yeah. Yeah, and that does bring up a good point sometimes, and I think that's part of, like, where our field is headed to. It is it is more of a conversation, and we are providing braces based off of our knowledge and expertise, expertise. in that area. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, sometimes we'll get prescriptions that are very vague, and it is yeah. just a conversation <laughs> to have to figure out what sort of thing they need, what are you going to use to kind of help fix the problem. Right, yeah. So now if somebody asks you, uh, or if you, somebody talks to you about orthotics, you'll know that it's not just Dr. Schultz. Yeah. Much, much more in depth than that. Yeah. And that's like skimming the surface. Hopefully later episodes, if we don't bore you too much, we'll get into more detail. It's fascinating stuff. So like Brittany was saying, just kind of what we provide, she kind of covered a lot of the orthotic Mm -hmm. stuff. As far as the prosthetic side, there is a lot more than what people generally see in TV yes. movies now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we do, you know, arms and legs, so upper extremity, lower extremity, all different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also different kinds of prosthetics. So especially for upper prosthetics, a lot of patients tend to not wear them or, you know, because... They feel more functional without it, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. 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 And so there's some that really don't have any function but they're made to look like a real hand yeah Mm -hmm. because all they they're worried yeah yeah, they're worried more about how they look than than function they say i can get by fine but i don't want to go out in public without you know having two hands exactly so we we provide them with something just to make them feel comfortable around other people Mm -hmm. yeah and then there's other ones that what we consider body powered and it's you know a whole strapping system that goes on they're using the body to actually open and close what we call a terminal device, so like a hand, or what's actually really functional is a hook. Yeah. Um, think about Captain Hook. Yeah. It's, Captain it hook. looks just like that. So you go two very extreme opposites with a, pro, a prosthesis that is cosmetic versus one that's functional. Um, the body powered is extremely functional and useful for some patients, um, but not cosmetic at all for the most part (laughs) and the happy medium is usually the 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 microprocessor um and that's where that's where you get into some of the cool stuff where you can actually use the muscles the residual muscle muscles in the patient's limb Mm -hmm. um to make a hand function and these are the things that you usually see more in media um of prosthetic hands that actually look like a hand where the fingers individually move and things like that um again those those are it's a little exaggerated, but you can think kind of like those sci-fi movies. Right. Yeah. So right. we're not yeah. quite at that level. <laughs> we don't have that technology yet. New. But it's similar kind of idea. Yeah. yeah. And it's, again, it's trying to mend the two, two differences yeah. because body-powered is is functional but not cosmetic. And then, you know, you've got the, the cosmetic ones that are not functional at all. They're trying but to find a happy nice, – yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find that happy medium of, okay, this hand works and functions – pretty close to a normal hand but also looks like a normal hand right. yeah so we have the same kind of like differences in lower extremity as well um 
especially once we get into different kinds of knees. <laughs> yes. Um, and then now ankles as well. Um, so, but then we also get into that cosmetic versus functional. And one well. interesting thing I think is as more people are becoming more aware of prosthetics, it's around in the media. I'm getting mm-hmm. a lot of target ads yeah. recently, actually with models who have prosthetics, yeah. which I l- always love to see. Um, I think there's actually more, more so in lower extremity than upper. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's more people when you offer a cosmetic cover and they say, Oh no, I don't want it. I want to show off that, you know, I have right. a bionic leg. Like or, a yeah. yeah. It's, it's becoming a lot less taboo mm-hmm, in, right. in the community and people are becoming more proud of it and not embarrassed by it anymore, which I think right. is, awesome is awesome for our patients. Yeah. 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 I think they can have way more fun with it too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, exactly. It's become more of a personal part of them as opposed to something they're trying to hide. Especially with the materials that we use now, we can put almost anything that they want on their sockets. They can make it really mm-hmm. customized to look like what they want at least the part that goes on their leg you know the socket right they can make it really custom and you know yeah really make it part of themselves and they can make it something that they want to show off Mm -hmm. i love walking around in our lab we've got the best technicians (laughs) ever and walking around back there and just seeing the different um specifically the sockets prosthetic sockets that they can make and the designs that the patients choose and it's really cool it's fun you have a lot of fun that was a lot of general information and we kind of like threw everything out there (laughs) we just wanted to do a broad overview (laughs) um but we will definitely go into a lot more detail on a lot of this in future podcasts mm -hmm. um but if you have questions off the bat based on anything we talked about please 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 um email us or write a comment yeah yeah so we got a lot of the like history um information from aopanet.org and then also llop.com uh, so, those are just our references. Like Brittany said, we'll be back in the future. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a one-time yeah. thing. <laughs> we'll go into a lot more detail about things. And like yeah. Like mentioned, we'll have her back, um, talk about the babies <laughs> and yeah. what she does. So, check out our next episodes. They'll be coming out soon. Um, if you have any comments, questions, any topics you guys want to hear about or anything, don't hesitate. Reach out to us. Uh, you can email us at outonalimb.pc at gmail.com. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> Special thanks to Brittany for speaking with us today. Please follow us on Instagram at outonalimb.pc and Facebook at outonalimbpodcast to get visuals for each episode and sneak peeks for upcoming ones. You can find us on Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening to this. So please subscribe and write a review. You can also email us any questions or comments about what you want to hear next on outinalim.pc at gmail.com. For today's episode, music was by Jack. Productions by yours truly, meaning the both of us. Editing by Michael and sponsored by Open, Orthotic and Prosthetic National Network.